So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, today we're once again gonna go through Skin in the Game by Nassim Nicholas Taleb or Taleb or however you actually pronounce him. I do really have to look that up because he's a great author and it is also a very interesting book with a few, at least this is what I found in the last episode, with a few really great things to, to actually think about and to keep in mind and also to just um, have in front of you, you know, to just read it basically. You know, I do not want to say that it is like extraordinary something that you have never thought about. Maybe it is, it really depends on who you are, obviously. Um, but it at least is something that's that's worded very well and, and therefore interesting. But yeah, anyway, we're going to go through book two because I think this is where we have stopped yesterday. I'm actually not quite sure. But yeah, book two, a first look at agency. Detecting that he was only invited to relieve them of the unwanted food, he forced them all to eat the turtles, thus establishing the principle that you need to eat what you feed others. Um... Which I guess, you know, if you're just viewing it from the perspective of the other people, if you do also indeed eat what they are eating, then you're more or less on the same line, basically. You're more or less on the same stage as they are. Of course, you know, if they are eating like the just biggest fucking shit and you're eating caviar or is it actually called caviar, caviar, caviar? Or is it called something else? I'm actually not quite sure, like fish eggs. And lobster and shit like this, then of course they're gonna think like, well, um, he is just a boss and he's whatever, and there's more of an authority thing, which on the other hand can also be something that you're going for. You know, if this is your strategy, if this is how you wanna present yourself, if this is how you wanna lead your company, or if this is how you are willing to lead your group, you know, I kind of think about mafia and stuff like that, or mafia, and um, yeah, then of course you could also just take advantage of that, of this quote-unquote uh, psychological trick, if you will, quite, I don't know. You can give advice or you can sell by advertising the quality of the product and the two needs to be kept separate. Well, yeah, and I do think this is actually a big problem for certain YouTubers that um, that have sponsors, and, and I don't know, like, credibility is very, very, very easily and fast just gone which is then pretty fucked up if you are trying to advise people if you are trying to just give good suggestions for for whatever you're talking about but yeah it may not be ethically required but the most effective shame-free policy is maximal transparency even transparency of intentions yeah by the way i mean intentions are a pretty big thing because of course you might have not done something, but there's always going to be intention and there is always intentions. And it is something that I've seen in myself. And it is also something that I've seen in myself in, in a negative way. Um, where I've just then had to say like, okay, the intentions were there. So there was a thought and this wasn't really something that I was happy with. But but of course you can be like, you know, it's, I haven't done anything. You know, it's just only been intentions. You could also just take this route. But, but I don't know. You know, I like the first one a little tiny bit better. But... It reminds me of, I think it is actually Ray Dalio, because he's very, 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 very transparent in his company in in a way that uh, if he's making a mistake, that he's saying it, and or that if somebody sees that, that he's making a mistake, then he is also allowed to say that, and it is also kind of required to say that. So it's very transparent, and 
you know, the whole company knows what's going on and he, therefore, also knows what's going on and that stuff, which uh, I think is very productive. Um, if it is the best work environment for all people, definitely not, because there's always going to be some people that do have secrets and, and shit like that. There is no problem if people have a conflict of interest if it is what if it is congruous with downside risk for themselves. What does congruous mean? I don't know what this means. In agreement or harmony, there is no problem if people have a conflict of interest. Yes, quite. Yeah, well, I get it. There is a trade-off between laser surgery, a precise surgical procedure, and uh, radiation therapy, which is toxic to both patient and cancer. Statistically, laser surgery may have worse five-year outcomes than radiation therapy, but the latter tends to create second tumors in the longer run and offers a comparatively reduced 20-year di disease-specific survival. Given that the window used for the calculation of patient survival is 5 years, not 20, the incentive is to shoot for radiation. Actually, quite. And this is, I think, also what doctors and, and hospitals and people that are working with that uh, have to deal with. You know, that, you know, they say, okay, you should use radiation and not the laser surgery because, uh, I don't know, statistically in the five-year run or five-year... Um, well, actually, I think in these five-year run and stuff like that, it is better and it is whatnot. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it is a very difficult thing. You know, there's a, a ton of more difficult questions and, and different things that some people have to deal with in their life. Um, and I think, I mean, especially as a surgeon, like this is a fucking big, uh, big responsibility that you're having, basically. I mean, you can do your best and you can be on your best level and you're still a human being, of course. But, but I don't know. It is a tough job, I think. Also, you know, from a psychological perspective, I would say, like heavily. Should you drop dead a few weeks after the visit, a low probability event, the doctor can be sued for neglescence, for not having prescribed the right medicine that is temporarily believed to be useful, as in the case of statins. But that we know, uh, but we now know, has been backed up by suspicious or incomplete studies. Uh, I uh, I don't know. Like, just you know, if if I would be in, uh, it is difficult. You know, I just wanted to say that if I was in the situation in terms of like a family member of mine um, died because of this shit, then I don't know. Like, I think a doctor is trying to do his or her best. I believe at least, you know, as I said before, we are still all human beings. Um, and, and and I don't know if suing this person is just good for me. It's definitely not good for them. But yeah. But the pharmaceutical companies have managed to convince everyone that these unseen consequences are harmless when the right precautionary approach is to consider the unseen as potentially harmful. In fact, for most people, except those that are very ill, the risk outweigh the benefits. Except that the long-term medical risks are hidden, they will play out in the long run, whereas the legal risk is immediate. Fucked up. Now, can one make medicine less asymmetric? Not directly. The solution, as I have argued in Antifragile and more technically elsewhere, is for the patient to avoid treatment when he or she is mildly ill, but use medicine for the tail events that is for rarely encounter severe conditions. And this is something that I'm seeing in the complete opposite way, in um, some people that I just know, or just, I don't know. The thing is, like, just immediately taking some aspirin because you're having a headache or just some shit like that, I can't really suggest that. And um, 
And I don't know, like, I also just personally don't like to go to the doctors um, for just multiple reasons, because I don't want to. Uh, another one is actually a psychological one. Like, I do not really want to uh, believe myself that I'm ill and stuff like that. And I'm I'm very, very happy that I, at this point of time, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, even though, like, I think yesterday and the day before, I wasn't, like, just on point quite um, but, you know, there's always going to be ups and downs and there's always going to be just something going on. But I think um, being healthy in the long run is always something to look out for, I think, at least. Book three, I guess. Um, very, very interesting things that he's discussing there. And um, I just like it. I really just like it. And I think we're going to go through this book three. And this is also then going to be it for this episode. Book three, The Great Asymmetry. Starting individual ants will almost never give us a clear indication of how the ant colony operates. For that, one needs to one needs to understand that an ant colony as an ant colony is what an ant colony as an ant colony no less more no more not a collection of ants. Hmm. 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 Indeed, it suffices for an intransigent minority, a certain type of intransigent minority with significant skin in the game or better soul in the game to reach a minutely small level, say three or 4% of the total population for the entire population to have to submit to their preferences. Let us apply the rule to domains where it can get entertaining. An honest person will never commit criminal acts, but a criminal will readily engage in legal acts, which is uh, very interesting, yeah. But even though I don't really know if honesty has something to do with you committing a crime or not, but yeah. Let us call such minority an intransigent group and the ma majority a flexible one. And their relationship rests on an, uh, on an asymmetry in choices. Very difficult. An asymmetry. But what does intransigent mean? Uh, uncompromising, inflexible, unbending. Okay. Another example. Do not think that the spread of automatic shifting cars is necessarily due to a majority preference. It could just be because those who can drive manual shifts can always drive automatic, but the reverse is not true. Wait, 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 wait. Another example. Do not think that the spread of automatic shifting cars is necessarily due to a majority preference. It could just be because those who can drive manually shifts can always drive automatic, but the reverse is not true. I don't really get what he's referring to, but I kind of get the first point, like, you know, with the criminal and the non-criminal and, and the asymmetry there. When there are a few choices, McDonald's appears to be safe, to be a safe bet, which is actually the case. Uh, it also is a safe bet in shady places with few uh, regulars where the food variance from expectations can be consequential. I'm writing these lines in the Milan train station and as offensive as it can be to someone who spent all this money to go to Italy, McDonald's is one of the few restaurants there. Such bullshit, I would say. You know, I haven't been in Milan yet, um, in Milano, um, but I've been just in Italy just, I don't know, hundreds of times because, I mean, Austria is just really close to it. Um, there's a fucking good uh, lot of restaurants there. Um, of course, some of them might not look very luxurious. Some of them indeed might be looking very luxurious, but might be pretty shit or just also pretty expensive. But there's just so many restaurants. I don't know about Milan, though, I really have to say. But in these areas where I've been, like, there's restaurants everywhere. Every fucking where, you know. 
Of course, if you want to have uh, burger and and fries and shit like this, then yeah, of course, um, you might not find it everywhere. But if you do want to have a pizza, if you do want to have some spaghetti or noodles in general, um, or some salads or or anything, uh, just seafood like, then um, you're gonna find something rather quickly actually. So so I don't really know what he's referring to. Maybe it is due to shortening, because it is a summary. I don't know. And it is packed. Shockingly, Italians are seeking refugee there from a risky meal. They may hate McDonald's, but they certainly hate uncertainty even more. Yes, indeed, this is totally the case. And and I would also say, like, I mean, if you don't know if the food that you're going to eat is bad or not, then just go to McDonald's, yeah. Because you can be quite sure that it is going to be as just always. And this is also kind of the concept of fucking McDonald's, that... Wherever you are, you're gonna get your stuff. That's it, you know. And you do not even have to talk to the people there because you can just use the touch screen, and that's quite it. Pizza is the same story. It is a commonly accepted food, and outside a gathering of pseudo or pseudo leftist uh, leftist caviar eaters, nobody will be blamed for for ordering it. Um, nah, nobody will. Really not, you know, it is definitely like a really safe one. And, and I don't know, like, I mean, in Italy you can just eat a lot of pizza, so so I'm not sure. I would actually really like to, to know what he's referring to there. Once you have 10% or more women at a party, you cannot serve only beer, but most men will drink wine. Hmm. So you only need one set of glasses if you serve only wine, the universal donor to use the language of blood groups. What? But I get what he's talking about. It's actually a pretty interesting thing to think about. And and I don't know, like, if he's just constantly thinking about, like, just oh, everything. I don't know, but it's it's quite interesting. First, under Islamic law, if a non-Muslim man marries a Muslim woman, he needs to convict, convert to Islam. And if either parent of a child happens to be Muslim, the child will be Muslim. Second, becoming Muslim is irreversible as apostasy is the heaviest crime under the religion sanctioned by the death penalty. So in the end, um, the chance is very high that you're going to be a Muslim, that you're going to be Islamic, which is nothing bad. Like, just, I don't give a shit. But yeah, the persecution of the Christians had vastly more to do with the intolerance of the Christians for the pantheon of local gods than the reverse. What we read is history written by Christian side and not the Greco-Roman one. Indeed the case, and it is often very important to just have a look at who wrote whatever you're reading. Purely monothetic religions such as Protestant Christianity, Salafi Islam or fundamentalist atheism accommodate literalist and mediocre minds that cannot handle ambiguity. A very harsh thing to say. Um, it might be the case for those that, that really are religious, like really, really, really. But just because you're part of a religion um, doesn't, first of all, mean that you're very religious. And second of all, doesn't mean that you are a mediocre mind. Another attribute of decentralization and one that the intellectuals, quote unquote, opposing an exit of Britain from the European Union and Brexit don't get. If one needs, say, a 3% threshold in a political unit for the minority rule to take its effect and an average and on average the stop-born minority represents 3% of the population with variations around the average, then some states will be subject to the rule but not others. If on the other hand we merge all states in one, then the minority rule will prevail all across. This is the reason the, US, the USA works so well 
As I have been repeating to everyone who listens, we are a federation, not a republic. To us, the language of anti-fragile, decentralization is convex to variations. I would actually like to get it because I think it is something pretty important, but you might get it, um, which is a pretty important thing. <laughs> Let us conjecture that the formation of moral values in society doesn't come from the evolution of the consensus. No, it is the most intolerant person who imposes virtue on others precisely because of that intolerance. The same can apply what? The same can be applied to civil rights. We need to be more than intolerant with some intolerant minorities. Simply, they violate the silver rule. It is not permissible to use American values or Western principles in treating intolerance Salafism, which denies other people's rights to have their own religion. The West is currently in the process of committing suicide. So he's for just being stricter, I guess. The market is like a large movie theater with a small door, and the best way to detect a sucker is to see if <laughs> to see if his focus is on the size of the theater rather than that of the door. The market is like a movie theater with a small door, and the best way to detect a sucker is to see if his focus on one uh, is on the size of the theater rather than that of the door. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, indeed. I kind of get it, I guess. I'm not sure, though. Revolutions are unarguably driven by an obsessive minority, and the entire growth of society, whether economic or moral, comes from a small number of people. Yes, indeed. Totally the case. If you think about, like, you know, people that have been founders of companies, very big companies that are just driving the economy, like, heavily, then yeah. All it takes is, say, a 3% minority for Merry Christmas to become Happy Holidays. But I suspect that should the minority rise in numbers, the effect would go away as diverse societies are more syncretic. I grew up in a Lebanon, in Lebanon, I didn't know that, in Lebanon or Lebanon, at the time when the population was about half Christian. People greeted one another in Roman Pagan, or Pagan, way of sharing one another's holidays. Sharing one another's holidays. Today, sheets and some sunnis, sunnis not yet brainwashed by Saudi Arabia, would wish a Christian Merry Christmas. I see. Yeah, it, it's pretty interesting. But the thing is, like, this is, again, one of the things that I just wouldn't think about because it just might seem not that that of importance for me, I guess. The psychological experiments on individuals showing biases, quote-unquote, do not allow us to automatically understand aggregates or collective behavior, nor do they enlighten us about the behavior of groups. Understanding the genetic makeup of a unit will never allow us to understand the behavior of the unit itself. Um... I don't really know. It might help to do so, but but completely making us to do so? Probably not now. The underlying structure of reality matters much more than the participants, something policymakers fail to understand. The underlying structure of reality matters much more than the participants. Hmm. Under the right market structure, a collection of idiots produce, produces a well-functioning market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if there is no choice, then a few things, uh, and these few things always lead to a good outcome, then then yeah, it's going to be a good market. Hmm. Even though, like, I don't really know if um, the government should be kind of um, just regulating the market or some stuff like this, because, you know, people say, okay, we want to have the free market and stuff like that, and shit and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
The researchers Dashanya Gott and Shayman Sander came to a surprising result in 1993. You populate markets with zero intelligence agents, that is, buying and selling randomly under some structure such that a proper auction process matches bids and offers in a regular way. And guess what? We get the same allocative efficiency as if market participants were intelligent. Yeah, I don't know. I think the market is just something that you can't predict. You know, people say they can, but in the end they can't. Some sort of. But yeah, I think I'm going to end the episode there. So I wish you the best health, of happiness and also success. And also hope that you're going to remind yourself and you're going to be remembered, which basically means your legacy and basically means just being a nice person and then also being remembered as a nice person. Three other questions that I'm having for you are, why are you here? What are you trying to change and what is bothering you the most? These three questions are hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even a business idea, which is a pretty cool thing. On the other hand, something else to think about is this question. What could you do? What could you make? What could you create? What could you also say? which is very important, that is going to make somebody stay or life or a week or a month or whatever, because I totally believe that we can all do something. But yeah, with that being said, I'm hopefully going to see you the next time. Stay happy, patient and everything else. Uh, also kind. And I'm going to see you the next time. So bye bye.